Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church. Life, faith, together. Bible reading today is from Mark chapter 14 and then verses 12 to 16 and then 22 to 26. On the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, when it was customary to sacrifice the Passover lamb, Jesus' disciples asked him, Where do you want us to go and make preparations for you to eat the Passover? So he sent two of his disciples telling them, Go into the city, and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him. Say to the owner of the house he enters. The teacher asks, Where is my guest room, where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, furnished and ready. Make preparations for us there. The disciples left, went into the city, and found things just as Jesus had, had told them. So they prepared the Passover. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take it, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many, he said to them. Truly I tell you, I will not drink again from this fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Well, as we are approaching Easter, we're going to be focusing on a few key moments just before Jesus' crucifixion. And so today we're going to be looking at the Lord's Supper, uh, that, that meal that Jesus has with his disciples, his friends, on the night before he's crucified. And, and later in the service, we're going to be reenacting the Lord's Supper by taking communion together. But what's so important about this meal? Well, essentially, this was Jesus' last opportunity to explain the true significance of his death. And he does this not, not by giving them a theological lecture like, like I would have done, but by sharing a meal together. And so today we're going to be, be looking at the importance of this meal. We're going to be exploring why we continue to celebrate communion together. And we're going to be looking at how this meal explains the true significance of Jesus' death. Now, I love Mark's version of the Last Supper because he's kind of got this uh, secret agent thing going on. Uh, you know, when we read it in verses 13 to 15, we see he says, Now find a man who's doing woman's work, you know, carrying a water jar. Follow him and then give the password uh, to the owner of the house that he enters into. And, and the password is the teacher asks, where is my guest room? So there's this whole secret agent thing going on. And, uh, and this indicates that Jesus has done some advanced planning. It also indicates that there's a, a whole network of secret supporters of Jesus in, in the city. 
but but why is it so secretive? What's with all this uh, secretive? Uh, uh, what's going on? Well, well, we need to understand something of the background here. Now, remember, Jesus had just arrived in Jerusalem, the, the, the capital city. Uh, and there's this huge crowd there that believes that Jesus is the Messiah. That, that Jesus is God's anointed king who's going to uh, you know, get the world rid of all evil. And for this crowd, they believe that means Jesus is going to kick out the Romans. But Jesus hasn't come to kick out the Romans. Jesus has come to die. You see, the, the real enemy, the real problem is, is not the Romans. The, the real enemy, the real problem is evil itself. And that includes the evil in our heart. But everyone is like so excited and, and, full, and so hopeful that Jesus would be this military Messiah who was going to kick out the Romans. Well, well, that's everyone except the high priest and his cronies who, who don't like Jesus ever since he bust up the temple. You remember when he turned over all the, the tables of the money changers and he chased out all those who were selling the animals who were to be sacrificed as, as if he owned the place. And besides the, uh, the, the, the chief priests and, and all, all the other priests, they kind of like the status quo that the Romans offer. Uh, the, the status quo that the Romans offer uh, enables them to be powerful and to have money. And so Jesus is a threat to the status quo, and therefore Jesus is a threat to them, and so they decide to kill Jesus. But, but they can't just kill Jesus in broad daylight because the crowd loves Jesus. If they tried to arrest Jesus in broad daylight, there would be a riot. And so they have to wait for an opportune time under the, the, the cover of darkness to arrest Jesus and to kill Jesus. Now, of course, Jesus knows this. He's, he's already predicted this would happen three times in, in chapter 8 and chapter 9 and chapter 10. And so what Jesus does, he does this every, every day, just before it gets dark, Jesus leaves Jerusalem and goes to the town of Bethany and spends the night in Bethany. But tonight is different. Tonight is the Passover. And, and so we, we, we read in, in Mark chapter 14 and, and verse 12. On the first day of the feast, of unleavened bread, when it was customary to sacrifice the Passover lamb, Jesus' disciples asked him, where do you want us to go and make preparations for you to eat the Passover? Now the Passover, which was also known as the festival of unleavened bread, was a major Jewish festival. All Jewish males had to go to Jerusalem every year to celebrate the Passover. And the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed in the temple. And then the Passover meal had to be eaten in Jerusalem with at least 10 other people. And it had to be eaten between sunset and midnight. And therefore, in order for Jesus to celebrate the Passover, he had to be in Jerusalem at night. 
And Jesus was determined to have the Passover meal and he was, was determined to make sure that there weren't any interruptions. And that's why it's all so secretive. Even his own disciples don't know where the meal will be. Rather, they have to follow some unnamed guy to some secret location. It's as if Jesus knew there was a traitor in his midst. You see, it would only be by a betrayal of a close friend that would put Jesus at the mercy of the high priest and his cronies. And of course, there is a betrayer. And Jesus knows it. But what is so important about this meal, so important that, that Jesus was determined to, to eat this meal with his, his disciples? Well, this wasn't just any old meal. This was the Passover meal. The, and, and the Passover was the, the most important Jewish festival as it, as it remembers and celebrates the, the Exodus, how God rescued Israel from slavery in Egypt. You see, Pharaoh, the, the Egyptian king, had, had enslaved the, the, the Israelites uh, and he was treating them cruelly and he wouldn't let them go. And so God was, you know, despite God warning uh, Pharaoh many times and sending all these plagues, he still wouldn't let them go. He was hard-hearted and stubborn. And so eventually, in order to get Pharaoh to let the Israelites go, God sent a plague that would kill the firstborn son. But the Israelites killed a lamb and put the blood on their doorposts so that the angel of death would pass over them. Hence the name, the Passover. And, and it was this plague that led to Pharaoh letting them go. But they had to leave quickly because he would soon change his mind. And therefore, at the Passover meal, there had to be roast lamb, there had to be bitter herbs and a a fruit paste dish and unleavened bread and red wine. And then someone would act as the host of the meal and would lead the ceremony, which would include questions. And the the, the questions would normally be asked by a child who would be asking why this meal is, is different from all other meals. And that's, of course, why we always include children in our communion services. And then the host would point to all the different, uh, you know, elements on on the table. And as he would point to them, he would explain the significance, uh, their symbolic significance. So he would point to the bitter herbs. And then he would say, that reminds us of the bitter years of slavery. And then he would point to the unleavened bread and say, that reminds us that we had to leave in haste. We didn't have time to wait for, for, for the bread to rise. But the most important element was the roast lamb, which reminds them of how they ate the meat of the lamb and then how they sprinkled the blood on their doorposts to protect them from death. And so the Passover was about bringing together, being together with family and friends and, and remembering what God had done for you. But it was more than that. For the Jews eating the Passover, it was a way of actually participating in the Exodus. It was a way of actually expressing solidarity with their ancestors. For when they were reminded of their bitter years in slavery, they didn't say uh, when our forefathers were in slavery. No, they would say when we were in slavery. And so it's through eating the Passover meal that they would actually experience God's deliverance for themselves afresh. 
So this was the most important Jewish festival. Uh, how much nerve does it take to hijack this festival? You know, now never mind Moses and the Exodus and the whole basis of the of our faith. I've got something to tell you. Well, guess what? Jesus has a lot of nerve. Uh, and we read it in Mark chapter 14 and verses 22 to 24. While they were eating, Jesus took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and he gave it to his disciples saying, Take it. This is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many, he said to them. Wow! Now, because we're not Jewish, we don't get how mind-blowing this is. You see, those aren't the right words. You know, you, you don't say that at, at, at Passover. Jesus is changing over thousand years of history instead of saying the words that that link the bread back to the exodus uh jesus is linking them back to himself and more specifically to his death and he says this is my body this is my blood and so Jesus is claiming that he is like the passover lamb and that his death is like a sacrifice now, it's very interesting that at the Lord's Supper, there is no mention of the Lamb. That's because Jesus is the Lamb. And just as the Passover Lamb's death brought about freedom from slavery, so, so Jesus' death would bring about an even greater freedom, a freedom from sin, a freedom from evil, and, and a freedom from death. And so this meal is is so important because it explains the true significance of Jesus' death. And verse 24, in verse 24 states that Jesus' blood was poured out for many. Jesus would, would give his life as a ransom for many. He, he died for many. He died for, for anyone and everyone who would put their faith in him. And that includes you. What love. This is the Savior's love that he would die for you. And verse 24 says that Jesus' blood is the blood of of the covenant. What this means is that Jesus' death brings about a new covenant, a new agreement between God and humanity. You see, the old agreement from the Old Testament had, had broken down. The, the, the temple was supposed to be the place where people would come to meet God and find forgiveness, but, but the whole system had become corrupted. That the priests of the temple had started to, to exclude foreigners, non-Jews, and they were exploiting the poor and the widows. Uh, they were corrupt. So the place that was meant to be the house of God, where people would find forgiveness, where people would meet with God, had become corrupt. And so Jesus, through his death, brings in a new covenant that supersedes the old covenant and actually makes the whole temple completely redundant. You see, we don't go to a temple 
to have our sins forgiveness. We, we, we don't go to the temple to come into the presence of God. We, we don't go to a place. We go to a person for through faith in Jesus that we find forgiveness. And we come into the very presence of God by the Holy Spirit. And it's not limited to any geographical area or any people group or any nationality or any race. No, it, it's open to all who put their faith in Jesus. And so Jesus takes this Passover meal and he transforms it into what we call the Lord's Supper. And this new meal is is not just a way of explaining the, the significance of Jesus' death, but it's actually a way of experiencing the benefits of Jesus' death. For just as the bread nourishes the body, so this meal feeds us spiritually when we eat this bread and drink this wine with a genuine faith in Jesus. And so Jesus is inviting us to share this meal together. Now, we need to bear in mind that within that culture, to share a meal together was a big deal. It was like really significant. I mean, in our culture, we'll, we'll eat with just about anyone, especially if they're paying. But in, in that culture, if you shared a meal together, it meant you were the closest of friends or family. It, it means that you were sharing your life together. And so Jesus is inviting us to share a meal together with him. And he's inviting us to share our lives together as close friends, as family. So when we eat the bread and drink the wine together, it's a way of sharing our lives together with Jesus and a way of sharing our lives together with each other. Because we are family. You see, when you eat the bread and drink the wine together, it's a way of including ourselves in the many that Jesus died for. We experience the love of God. We experience the forgiveness of God afresh. And by the, by the Holy Spirit, we experience the very presence of Jesus with us in a very unique and profound way. And so when we take communion together, when we eat bread and drink the wine in faith, we first look back. We look back and remember what Jesus did for us. We, we remember that Jesus died for us. That, that Jesus died for me and, and for my sin and for my guilt and my shame. So that I could experience freedom. So I could experience forgiveness. So I could experience the very presence of of God. That he loved me so much that he poured out his blood for me and that he loved you so much that he poured out his blood for you. Secondly, we look up. We look up to God and we experience the love of God and, and the forgiveness of God afresh. And by the Holy Spirit, we experience the very presence of Jesus with us in a very unique and profound way. And then thirdly, we, we, we look around. We, we look around at our brothers and sisters in Christ. You see, when... Jesus' death doesn't just unite us with God, it unites us with each other. 
God becomes our father. That means we become his children. We become brothers and sisters in Jesus. We become part of an extended family of faith. You can't experience this meal in isolation, but only as part of the family of God. And then finally, we look forward. Where we look forward to when, when Jesus will return and we'll be able to eat this meal face to face. Jesus says in verse 25, Truly I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. Do you want to know what the kingdom of God is going to be like? It's going to be like a, a, a meal. It's going to be like a massive party. The, the, the best dinner party you've, you've ever had. You don't know what I think. I like, I, I think that people who like watching cooking programs deep, deep down want to get saved. I mean, what they are longing for, what they are hoping for is the perfect meal in, in the perfect environment with, with the perfect gift. That's the kingdom of God. And you know what? Everyone is invited. Uh, Jesus invites all people to come and share this meal with him. And, and the way you do that is by putting your faith in Jesus and, and by eating and drinking this meal together with faith. With your extended family, with your brothers and sisters in Jesus. And you know what? We are on the welcoming committee. <laughs> so, so our challenge this week is to invite people. I invite people to come over to your house and, and have a meal in the back garden. Develop a relationship with them. And then invite them to church the next Sunday or the Sunday after that. And invite them to share the most important, the most significant meal in all history, the Lord's Supper where they can experience the Savior's love for themselves as they eat the bread and drink the wine. For more information, please visit our website at abergavennybaptist.co.uk.